Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them, and that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> You are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gabb. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are back here live kicking in another episode. But before we get started, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. First of all, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in The Grinding True Crime, and you can find us there. Follow us, add us, and we will reply back, leave us a comment. We even give shout-outs. So if you uh, want to follow us on there and give a shout to, you know, say some nice comments, we'll give you a shout-out. Also, if you just want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just type, go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. Type in The Grinding True Crime. And for those faithful followers listening outside of the country, we really love and appreciate you. You can continue listening to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cats. Also, for merchandise, go to redbubble.com and type in Todd Fox 80 And there you can uh, purchase some merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crime. And then last but not least, please give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. And if you guys like what you're listening to, it boosts us up even more so. So give us a five-star rating. (sighs) Well, I got all that out the way. (laughs) Did I miss anything, (laughs) John? I think you got it. (laughs) So uh, we're going to jump in and continue part two of the crime story that Todd was talking about last week. If you missed it, listen in, because this is the continuation. Uh, Once again, I forgot to mention listeners' discretion is advised because Todd said that this part right here might be a little more detailed and graphic. So listeners' discretion is advised. Now that I said everything I need to say, Todd Fox, you have the floor. Tell us, sir. Well, Well, with part one, if you go back and listen to it, spoiler alert, if you're starting on this one, like Matt said, go back to part one and check that one out. Uh, I'm not going to say too much um, from the part one to to review, but just the fact that Leonard Lake made his first couple murders. And we basically in part one talked about how these two serial killers would eventually, uh, how we got to know them personally uh, and uh, how they grew up. And how they became the way they uh, were and how they met up with each other. It's pretty uh, a trippy situation how they got together. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're going to continue our story past those two murders. Uh, now it's the year 1984. It's the latter part of 1984. And uh, Leonard Lake um, completed his bunker with the help of Charles and the torture mm-hmm. room was done. Uh, Clarine, if you remember, is his on and again, off again, girlfriend slash wife. Uh, she was not into the lifestyle of the bunker type mentality or the survivalist stuff. She was into the sex orgies, as we talked about the first one. But uh, this mm-hmm. at this time, she split and wound up staying with some people not too far away from Leonard. So at this time, Leonard's 38 and Charles Ng's around 26 at the time. What a big age group. I yeah. mean, age difference. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or he's 39. Sorry, 39. Um, so in 1984 once everything was complete charles was amazed by leonard's detail on the book the collector if you ever seen the book the collector or heard about it it's basically what leonard is doing this entire time or his mentality it's it's modeled the book is basically about a man who wants to collect a woman use him for sexual gratification and to do his bidding and to hold her captive as long as he possibly can in a torture chamber as a sex slave. So Leonard really liked that book and he life was trying to imitate art basically. So um, as Leonard was trying to copy this to the detail, 
um, the two would start their murderous rampage. Remember, everything in part one was setting up for this part two. So part two, yeah, there's going to be murders fast and furious. So try to stay along because there's going to be <laughs> some names thrown out there that you're going to need to remember at the end of the story. Fast and furious, huh? I hope yeah, it's I'm not like the movie. Yeah. So um, Leonard, you know, obviously Leonard Lake was uh, responsible for the death of his brother and the one that uh, um, was also uh, Mr. Gunn, who was part of his wedding. Uh, they their their bodies were never never found, but uh, Leonard did con- uh, confess to those. Um, wow. Yeah, those were so those two murders were already in Leonard's chamber. But Charles Ng hadn't committed a murder yet. This would, yes, however, that's right. yes, this would, however, change in the summer of 1984. So, the, the this murder would not be linked to Charles Ng till years later through ballistics. We're talking about 2005. So that's when this that's when this murder was linked to Charles Ng. So dang near 20 what 21 years after? Yeah, 21 years after. Mm. So, and fortunately, uh, with the way things played out, this case remains unsolved due to a technicality because the FBI and other agencies were just trying to get him hammered for the murders that were up there in that particular area. So this one, although they know he's responsible for it because of the plea deal and everything else that went down that I'll get into, this murder is still not close the closure's not there but the but the police pretty much know it was him this is charles ing right this is charles ing right here hey hey this is uh the first murder that charles participated and uh, carried out by himself though um what it was was it was pr- pretty much off the radar it was a 36 year old from san francisco a native to the city and a dj by the name of oh wow yeah, by the name of Albert Giuliotti. Um, he put an ad in the newspaper in the personal section, which I hope was a personal section, because he put oral sex for straight men, which Char- yeah, which Charles responded to the ad. So pretty blatant, right? Blunt. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so July 11th, 1984, Charles went to Albert's Gilletti's house. He responded to the ad, made the phone call, and he was invited in. Uh, Upon arrival, Charles doesn't say a word, opens fire on Albert, shooting him three times in the chest. And Yeah, and then his roommate was there as well. He took two shots. uh, Doesn't specify where. Um, His roommate would survive his injuries, but Albert would die at the scene. So he just came in blasting. He just, as soon as he opened the door, pop, 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 pop. That was it. And then he was just shooting at the other guy, too. God, dog. Yeah. His his roommate would later describe the man as a young Asian with thick prescription glasses matching the height of Charles. So they had that to go on. Uh, the bullets that were recovered from the crime scene were eventually matched to two bullets that were found at the crime scene up in Sierra Nevada bunker, which Leonard Lake and Charles shared for four years, uh, or, or for four years, uh, this while the case would remain unsolved. So they were able to link those to the ballistics of, of that um, whole thing later on, but not, not at the moment. Dang. So um, this murder did not t- uh, make sense to the uh, other murders that took place after, but the FBI theorized that Leonard was in control of Charles um, and what, or Charles was a willing participant. One of the two was was a case, but they were thinking that Leonard was in charge, and maybe this was sort of like one of those because some people theorized that it was an impulse murder, like Charles just wanted to kill somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But the FBI seems to think that it was one of those things where, okay, you know, if you're if we're going to go through this whole um, way of doing things with women and killing people and and you know being survivalist, you got to pass this test first, and because he. In his memoirs, Leonard writes, he keeps writing Operation Miranda, Operation Miranda. So he's got a, a military name for what they want to do. And maybe this yeah. was initiation, like a gang initiation to do yeah. a past test. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
who knows what's going on in the military but do they really do stuff like that no 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 he's he's just trying to use a he's just trying to use a name you know out of a military thing got you got you got you got you got you that's, that's, All code, right. that's code for them yeah got you got you <clears throat> yeah so on july 25 uh, 25th um it gets really deep right here so this is part of this is part of the stuff i kind of wanted to keep out of the how deep man it's just watch I'll, I'll explain right here but this is part of it and so just follow right here and then i'll ask some questions all right. stuff all right um but responding to an ad another ad in the paper that charles saw just a few days later um he saw a ad in the newspaper for audio video equipment um okay. the, the latest camcorder stuff from the mid from the early to mid 80s so you know it's got to be good stuff there eight millimeter <laughs> stuff okay um, but the latest camcorder stereo equipment was being advertised in a local paper by a graphic designer named Harvey Dubs. Um, Charles contacted him through the newspaper and called him and he said that he would like to come by that evening. Mm-hmm. He said, sure. Now, here's the big mistake right here. He said, by sure. Harvey. Yeah, by Harvey over the phone. He said, sure. But my wife will have to show you the equipment because I will not be home till later in the evening i have a photo shoot to attend well there you have it so he's already putting his wife alone at the at the house mm-hmm. so um he said and additionally that deborah would be happy to show him the equipment and would uh and she can help him make the purchase if he wants to or if he likes what he sees so what do you think happens when charles shows up uh, I'm going to assume he did exactly what he did to the uh, to the gentleman who was offering fellatio. <laughs> he just popped up, didn't even ask for no equipment, and just uh, shot the wife. And you know what? First, I'm going to say he uh, he probably kidnapped her, and okay. then probably held him for held her for ransom or something. And then tortured her. Well, here's what happened. When Deborah turned her back and she grabbed the equipment, the unfortunate thing was her 15-month-old son, Sean, who had been playing in the crib just adjacent to the equipment. Yep. Charles grabbed her or cra- grabbed him and said, and put a knife to the son's neck and said, I will kill no. your baby if you don't do what I say. Yep. So to which no, he takes the baby while he has her and he ties her up and he hold and he puts a gag in her mouth and he says, we're going to wait here for your husband to get home. Dang, man. Yeah. So this the problem with these guys is you'll see that they are very all over the place. They don't really have an MO. They have what. They have a blueprint of what they want to do, but they mm-hmm. don't have an MO when it comes to murder. So yeah. obviously, so it, is, is Charles by himself at this crime scene? Yeah, he's by himself at this crime scene. Second what? one. Yeah, second one. <clears throat> now, when Harvey came home, he had a knife to his son and said the same thing and the same thing that he told Deborah to subdue him, to tie him up. So basically the you know harvey gives in puts his hands behind his back gets tied up gets subdued everything now we have a hostage situation there's three now so charles makes a phone call and leonard shows up with a van just an hour later and they somehow in that apartment complex take the three uh family members and take them into the van no one sees a thing no one hears a thing and they take off to the woosley area in the sierra nevada area of northern california um the woosley area is famous uh just a couple years ago in 2017 uh for a huge forest fire that was started by southern california edison by their crappy power lines in the wind and mm-hmm. it, it destroyed over a hundred thousand acres of land uh, 1700 structures were lost and three people were killed. Dang. Um, yeah, Southern California Edison is still paying for that. Uh, they, they got sued and lost the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, um, 
injunction. A lawsuit. Yeah, a lawsuit. There you go. So with that out of the way, that's be- long before that happened. But they took them into that Woosley area, which is very desolate, too. The, ho- the homes are spread out. So that bunker mm-hmm. is in a good area. Um, now, we do know that the trio of family um, um, at the time was seen in the neighborhood a lot. They would walk the child or, or take him in a stroller to the park when they weren't working. So the family was seen a lot by people in the apartments, too. A, f- mm-hmm. a couple days go by, family and friends don't hear anything. And then uh, a very nosy neighbor downstairs by the name of Barbara started hearing footsteps coming from their apartment. Now, she thought that they came home and she she was like, oh, my God, you know, we we're all worried. You know, I'm going to go up there and tell them it's good to see them. But when she gets up there, she sees a Asian stocky man with big glasses leaving the house with or the apartment with two big black trash bags and as she tried to stop to talk to him he ignored her and kept running down the stairs she followed him out to a volkswagen where a middle-aged man looked you know 40 year old white guy balding with a beard Mm -hmm. uh, picked up uh charles and took off so Mm. now, now as a neighbor what do you think you do when you see something like that now if that was me I might have to call uh call my homeboy Tyrone, be like, hey bro, you might have to do a little stakeout. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you yeah, the right answer would be you would call the police. Exactly. Um that, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would follow. <laughs> right? Something, right? So what do you think she did? I think she she probably told her husband. Gabby? What? I think she thought it was strange and just went back to her normal self. <laughs> Bingo. She didn't report it. She What? She as nosy as she is, she kept it to herself and went back upstairs. So Wow. But here's the thing though. Twelve hours later, Charles came back again. And again she heard noises upstairs. So she ran upstairs this time with her husband. And to confront Charles, who then com- comes out of the uh, the house with two more bags, pushes the husband down, and runs downstairs. The two chase him downstairs to where, again, Leonard is waiting in the Volkswagen, and he takes off. So this time, she called the police and gave a detailed description of Charles to the police, uh, and they uh, a file was reported. And now they figure, okay, this he kind of matches the description of what happened to that other man not too far away. Mm-hmm. So the trio uh, now they took the three to the um, what is it uh, the compound up there. They made the trip obviously twelve hours earlier. Now here's mm-hmm. now here's where I, again there's audio and video of this, and mm-hmm. I did not want to play it because of, of what happens is when they get to the house. Um, Basically, they separate the husband and the and the son from the mother, and he's fifteen months old. He's fifteen months old. They take they take the mother they into the baby. Yeah, Sorry, took, I missed that part. Yeah, they took they took the baby. Um, they take the mother and they put her in a little torture chamber type thing, which is no smaller than a public restroom. Like it's really mm. small. They lock her up there. <clears throat> um, they take the husband out to the garage. And they strangle him to death. And then they do the same to the 15-month-old. Oh. Yeah. Um, but so here's, they just wanted the woman. They just wanted the woman, yeah. Um, but here's here's the hard part. Uh, and again, the audio is out there. If, if Or the, the audio and the video is out there. But I just feel it was just too much to, p- to put on here because the fact the way she sound is is she's kind of out of her mind because of how scared she is you could tell it's affecting her like she's not sounding right she's not sounding like a typical woman who's woman. worried because she's just there's so many things that she's and she's terrified at the same time yeah yeah but on the audio um you see her sitting in a chair with her hands tied behind her back you see charles um in front of her 
and then or no in front of the camera and he's walking back and forth he's kind of making faces toward the camera and then uh, Leonard is sitting in a chair talking about what they expect from her and they start telling her things about um, you know what they want to do to her sexually and things like that and she comes out with, with a worse like like I said it's hard to describe her voice but it's so like scared like not in this world just trying to figure things out she's like where's my baby I want to see my baby to where then Charles says oh he's sleeping like a rock you don't have to worry about him and then they start teasing her saying that oh you're never going to see her see him again you don't have to worry about that oh, and man and then and then she's like but I want to see my baby and the way she whimpers and starts you know she doesn't know whether to cry or not that gets me like I can't imagine what she was thinking or what she Dang, was man. yeah and um she says why are you doing this and then Leonard's like because we hate you and they don't wow. even know, they don't even know her they don't even know her don't even know her um and then they're like she's like I want to see my husband and my child and then uh Leonard laughs looks at Charles and he says well if you want to see them again you're going to have to do what we say and um she's still in shock like like I don't know if she could feel that maybe they're gone or whatever but Charles mm -hmm. immediately grabs a knife and she doesn't flinch. That's the thing that I know the reason why she's out of her mind that she's not there because he pulls out a hunting knife and he's taking, she doesn't like if a dude pulls out a hunting knife on me and I'm sitting in a chair like that, I'm thinking he's going for my throat. Mm -hmm. She doesn't flinch and he, and he goes right for her neck, but then he starts cutting her shirt off and then she's just sitting there and then, and like, again, a weird voice saying, don't cut my bra off. You know what I mean? Because like she just doesn't understand the implications because it's not registering or something. Yeah, yeah. She's so, in shock. She's in shock. Yeah, she's in total shock. So then they take off her bra, and then um, you know, they're telling her to do things or, or that they expect her to do things, and if they don't, she's she's gonna face some severe um, consequences. And then uh, the next thing you see, it kind of cuts off there. And then it shows her it's blurred out like her chest or whatever. So you don't see anything like that. And then I guess she's already had sex or something with him because it's moved to the bed. And then um, she she's asking if she could put her clothes on. And they're like, no, you got to stay naked. You got to do this. You got to do that. And they're telling her to do even more stuff. And then that's when the video cuts out because then she's asking again to see her child. And they just they laugh. They didn't even say anything this time. So oh, that's so evil. It's super. Hey evil. man, that's that's yeah man, that's jacked up, bro. Yeah, the sound, the like I don't give it any kind of like a vindication or, or or justification about how how creepy it sounds and how how much you feel for her. But um, there is no. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Because I didn't hear this part. Sorry. Um, did he randomly pick this family? Through an ad. Through yeah. an ad, yeah. Yeah, the paper. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were selling audio video equipment, and he, he busted in and did his thing. Ugh. Um, There's no indication on how long she was alive. Um, Leonard kept a detailed journal, as we'll find out later, of all the things that they did, except he leaves out certain parts and dates. So there's no indication how long they had her, but from all... from but, the police and FBI theorized due to the decaying of the bodies that they weren't that they didn't keep her more than a, maybe a couple weeks. If that she might have she wow. might not have lasted two weeks. Um, but she was killed and also strangled. And they, they would find her body next to her husband and son's body buried behind the bunker. Oh, man. Dang, dude. Yep. You know, even two weeks is not a lot, but in those circumstances, that that must have been eternal for her. Yeah, that must have been like two years worth. Yeah, dude. Oh. Yep. So, um, you know, after like those two pot, those two cases were filed. Um, obviously, the shooting in the chest of the one man through the newspaper. They were thinking it's a newspaper killer because it's, it's two murders because of ads. And Barbara's testimony about the Harvey family, and they're still missing. Those uh, went to the San Francisco homicide, 
de- detectives who were very good detectives. They weren't uh, they weren't like the Southern style that we've always profiled. <laughs> They're actually good detectives. What's their accent? <laughs> well, hey, son, uh, we got to investigate this case. We have, missing, we have a missing family. So, yeah, they're more legit, you know. Uh, right. So during the, they're not Billy Bob. They're not Billy Bob's at all. But we will, we will have one Billy Bob in this case. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we will have one, but that's towards the end. <laughs> so um, during this summer, there was some cases that popped up of missing persons in the San Francisco and San Jose area. Unfortunately, um, some of these cases be. Uh, even with DNA and the, the conditions of the bodies that were found, uh, their their actual um, identities have not been found to this day. So that's why part of this case is still open. Um, see, a part in the journal that Leonard wrote that was found later on uh, detailed, after, detailed the murders and kidnapping of that family. But after that... Uh, it said they carried out an operation Miranda and all was well. Things just got a little messy, but um, the flames took care of most of it. That's what was said in the post in the uh, the diary. So there was a few mo- months there where there wasn't any details. So this would come up later on. They found a bunch of um, human remains that were burnt. So they cremated a few people. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there was no description left of who they killed or what or how they killed them or how long they had them. So the only thing that starts getting into detail again is in the month of October, which is, uh, you know, uh, Halloween. Yeah. October. Actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up. It's uh, October 31st, actually, Halloween night. Um, oh, wow. Charles, wow. yeah, Charles has to get a job. And, uh, you know, he, they're running out of money, even though they got the bunker and everything, they got to make some money. Mm. And uh, Leonard, you know, he's 40 years old almost, and he doesn't want to work. So they've been growing weed up there at the bunker. So he ventures into San Francisco and San Jose to try to sell weed. Um he would run into a customer of his that would uh, buy weed from him by the last name of uh, Jacobson, an army veteran. Uh, he was getting a disability check for losing half his arm in the war. Now, from part one, Leonard did not like people that lived off the government, even though he was using mm-hmm. their money that lived off the government. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened next was a chance to get more money and free checks. So he offered Jacobson a job at the weed farm. Well, what that's what he called it, the weed farm, which was his bunker. And uh, if he would grow, if he would help him grow crops, he says he could have his free share of marijuana up there. He had a big, you know, uh, amount of it. So yeah. Jacob, Jacobson took the deal and came back to the bunker and met up with Charles and Leonard all by himself. Oh, man. How do you think that went? Well... The same way it went for his brother and the other one. Let's just say he probably lost more than he lost his life. You guys are both correct on this one. Jacobs Jacobson's remains would be found, though, behind the bunker, um, as well as later on when investigators will go through the backyard of the bunker. It's not known how he died, but, uh, you know, that's... That's just another murder. Now, actually, that was October 15th. I'm sorry. This one's Halloween. Um, Halloween night, they were um, responding to another ad in the newspaper for a Porsche for sale. The two were working together and figured that they would get some money off this guy. So they kidnapped him by gunpoint when they showed up to his house. And they would run him around to a couple ATMs. Now, the first ATM, he pulled out money and said, here you go. But after that, he's like, you know what? I'm 39 years old. I'm an entrepreneur. My name's Paul Costner. I'm not going to put up with this crap. You're going to let me go. And that's it. So what do you think they did? Well, they let him go. All right. <laughs> let, Abby? let them bullets fly. Um, 
I don't know about bullets because they would have made noise. I feel like they bashed him in the head and took him back. No, actually, uh, I think Matt's right on this one. The du- uh, he stood his ground, but not for very long. He took two shots in the head. Uh. Mm. Yeah, he he died right there. But you are right in one sense, though, Gabby. They took the body, so they weren't going to leave it there. Um, <clears throat> they took the body and they took it up to the uh, area, and once again they buried it behind the bunker. So he just part of another, uh, you know. They're they're getting another a body. Collection. Yeah, they're getting a collection up there. Man, so now you fast. Yeah, right. So now you fast forward to late January 1985. Charles Ng is still working at the moving company. It's four months in into his job there. He's annoying workers. Now check this out. As he's moving things, co-workers would hear him chanting to himself, no fun, no, wait, no gun, no fun, no, no kill, no thrill. He was singing those type of things what? to himself. Yes. Out loud. The man got a demon. Yeah. And he was weird. So he's weirding people out. So one of these co-workers was a 24-year-old by the name of Clifford Partano. Um, Mm -hmm. He was a co-worker that clashed with him a lot. He called them names. He was pissed off at him all the time. But they had one thing in common. Can you get what? Can you guess what that one thing in common was in the San Francisco area in 1985? San Francisco, 1985. San Francisco. They like men. No. Okay. That would go for any year, but not that. But that wasn't the case. Okay. In common? Mm-hmm. They smoked? I, no. This one's sports related. It was the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, Charles yeah, Montana. I would have never guessed. Joe Montana. <laughs> yep. Charles was for some – well – he was a 49er fan, I guess. He wore a 49er jacket, and this guy Clifford was a Niner fan, too. Mm-hmm. The thing was, though, on that Super Bowl Sunday where they won the Super Bowl, uh, Clifford wound up missing. And uh, some co-workers that were at the bar, including a bartender, said he left with an Asian man. And his co-worker said, I think that was Charles, but I'm not sure. Could have been somebody else. And well, it wasn't confirmed, but they but they never seen him again. Now here's the funny thing: there would be a note of resignation written to Charles's boss and Clifford's boss, saying that he that he resigns from the company, and he would like his last paycheck or last two paychecks to be sent to the Woosley address where Charles lived. Oh, how coincidental! Right, right. <laughs> So so then nobody's again nobody's pushing the fact that okay we've had two murders of you know or three murders actually of people responding to ads and it was an Asian man or at least one of them and then you have a missing person along with an Asian man we haven't seen him before no one's putting all this together yet so i mean how are they not i, I don't know I, I honestly don't know. This is taking place over months, so it's not like boom, 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 boom. You know, they got some time in between. But wouldn't that be questioned, though, right away? The fact that his check, supposedly, he wants it sent to him, and he's the guy he's fighting with all the time? Hey. Well, they didn't know that was the guy that... They didn't know that was Charles Ng's address, apparently. Yeah. Hey, 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 Todd. Hmm. If his name was Leroy Brown... <laughs> Yeah, maybe this gets solved a little quicker. Hey, man. <laughs> Wouldn't would be a case. Yeah. So now you fast forward almost a month later. It's February 23rd, 1985. 25-year-old Ger- uh, Jeff Gerald told his family and other co-workers before he left that he had a private job actually naming Charles Ng as the guy he's working for to help move things from another person's house. So he told people he's with Charles Ng. He promised okay. he promised to be back that evening, but never returned. It is believed that he did the same thing to Clifford, most likely taking them to the cabin or bunker, shooting them in the head execution style, burning their bodies in cremation style, 
and then uh, burying what's left in a shallow grave. So they they just killing for fun. Like it, it's it's just for the sport now. Right now they're killing for short term money gain. That's it. Mm. So they're getting whatever they can off these people and whatever they had on them. That's what their life was worth to them, pretty much. Gosh, man, they're yeah. really evil. They're super evil. So it, it just gets worse. Okay, worse. <clears throat> yeah, because they would actually go to uh, uh, these people's homes and not only get the the checks, but they would rob the the house of whatever stuff that they felt was valuable so that they could resell. Wow. And they would carry this on into April of 1985. Uh, Charles. So, uh, almost six months? Yeah, another six months. Charles knew a former cellmate of his, member from his army days from part mm-hmm. one, that was also a part of that toll selling guns. Mm-hmm. And um, his name was a 23-year-old Michael Carroll. He told Michael of a come-up of audio and video equipment that he wanted to boost and sell in the San Francisco area. And he wanted him to be familiar with it before he sold it on the street. He said he had about a truckload. So Michael took the bait and came right up to the bunker once again. And uh, this time, uh, you know, a couple days went by. No one heard from poor Michael. Until two days later, his 18-year-old girlfriend, Kathleen Allen, got a phone call about her boyfriend being shot and in critical condition in San Francisco hospital and that a man was there to pick her up to take her up to the city to see him she took the hook or she took the bait hook line and sinker as well Leonard would pick her up from her grocery store where she worked as some people said they saw her get into a Volkswagen and they headed up towards the bunker instead because then Leonard would subdue her in the vehicle, tie her up, and put her in the back. Um, the problem is this, the, 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 uh, her boyfriend was not just shot. He was already dead. He was shot on a yeah. rifle. Yeah. yeah, he was already killed. Yeah. So um, this is another video part that has made the rounds on here. She's on video begging for her life, uh, asking for her boyfriend. They're on there teasing her saying that if she wants to see her boyfriend, she's going to need a shovel to find him. Um, they have her naked on her on her stomach, and he's telling her how he's going to beat her. She looks into a, into the camera with a blank stare. Um, and then they, uh, they just said, hey, you know what? We didn't kill your boyfriend. He's locked up in one of those dungeons. We just want to have sex with you, and if you comply and do our bidding... We'll let you go after a while and you guys can reunite. And uh, as long as you don't say anything, they just told her a bunch of BS, but her boyfriend was already dead and her fate was already sealed. Um, so it's a pretty it's a pretty sad video, too, with her audio, too. So, Dang, man. so there's a lot of videos about this case. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of audio out there and a lot of video, too. Um, Dang, dude. And pictures, too. There's a lot of pictures. Um, because they had a, their own home, all that stuff they stole. Yeah, their home video. Mm-hmm. They used it. So, um, again, with her, all things considered, she endured a lot of stuff. She and she, uh, she was uh, enduring a lot of things that the other woman did. But for how long, we don't know. They didn't specify that either. Um, she was either strangled or shot. It doesn't say what, but she was found. Um, with the rest of the bodies in behind the bunker as well. Um, the next one is kind of crazy too. They had three neighbors that they feuded with from time to time via noise, gunshots, or other stuff that were just up the road. And uh, these people were minding their own business. And um, there was four of them that lived up there. There was the uncle, the husband, the wife, and their small child. But the mm-hmm. uncle was... The uncle was out of town at the time, but the family was headed back into Los Angeles. Now, they were as far south from uh, up north as Bakersfield before Charles and Leonard would run them off the road at a, in a shallow or a quiet area of Bakersfield and uh, hold them at gunpoint before taking all three into the van 
and going back up to the um, the bunker. To the bunker. Mm-hmm. How old was the child on this one? The last one was 15 months. This one's two years. Oh. Two-year-old. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. Freaking um, scums. So, again, uh, the women that they had been catching, they have never um, been keeping them for a long time. Because uh, that was their whole Operation Miranda was, hey, we got to keep these women for a long time. We want them to be sex, sex slaves, blah, blah, blah. It never worked out for whatever reason. And this one was no different. Um, they got up there and uh, they weren't they weren't alive very long. Um, they killed the husband and the child. This time they shot him instead of instead of strangling him. Um, the the wife. The wife was kept in the in the dark about the fate of her husband and, and the child. And uh, she was abused for days upon days. And then she was put out of her misery as well. God, man. That, that's, dang, they racking up bodies, man. Oh, yeah, they are. Wait till you hear the final numbers. Um, So with all the murders, and it doesn't seem like they're going to stop, how do you think these guys actually uh made their downfall or got caught what are your theories so far i think maybe an undercover cop undercover cop okay i honestly haven't built up a theory because it seems that they're not afraid to be seen and people still haven't pinpointed who the heck these guys are yeah okay well gabby is somewhat right okay dang it <laughs> yeah she's she's getting the points tonight <laughs> um she 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 got it a little bit right there because what happened was um these guys have so many tools of torture because i didn't even want to get into what they were doing to these women some of the is things, that graphic it's pretty damn graphic um i mean we're talking about like tearing off pieces of skin or just oh. i mean there's just there's while they're alive and everything i mean there's oh yeah and then the Look, man the un- a story where where somebody shoved nails up someone's pee hole yeah <laughs> so well it's just because uh, I, I think i'm having a hard time with this one because i've seen the visual of the people you know what i mean oh okay yeah so that's that's what it's a little harder for me to describe like usually out of those like i don't i didn't Look at the victims. Yeah, and I'm just going by. But there's so much that I could bring out that I mean they used I mean they use like wrestling stuff, like you know how like people fall on tacks and things like that. I mean they they were pushing tacks in the skin. They were just doing anything to hurt these women, uh sexually or physically. Um see man, see that's yeah. So like Yeah, that's gruesome. So here's here's the, the thing that got them though. Because think about it. You know what a vice grip is, right? You have that at your work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I know what a vice grip is. Yeah, you can. What is that? The tool you use for the. Um, it's a tool. Well, I don't know what kind of tool. <laughs> I'm trying to... Well, it's like, it's like you could put a pipe in it, right? Yeah, and it's you a could, grip. It, yeah, it's a super grip. You could tighten the grip and you could bend mm-hmm. a pipe in it. So. Oh, yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and they usually usually see those in like uh, automobile places and things mm-hmm. like that. Lostness has something like that too. Exactly. So, so imagine using a person's maybe wrist to put in a vice and then clamping oh. it and trying to tighten it. You know, and break, yeah, see, break bones. See, see. That's Is why that I didn't what want. they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were mutilating it at, at, at the same time. So because of this that was one of their tools and you know it pinched skin to like unbelievably like terrible look you know i mean it could it could peel skin off it could pinch skin it could like just break blood vessels break bones Ooh. the vice broke so these geniuses decided hey let's go into town granted they they've killed tons of people already and but they're out of money still because of the way they're either spending or what have you their genius idea was let's go to the hardware store and steal a vice. So mm. they go. Charles uh, goes down first with the uh, 49er jacket. He's going to take the vice and put it in his jacket. 
<clears throat> and uh, you know Leonard's gonna wait outside. The problem is uh, the security guard saw him, tackled him, and then in the melee, Charles is trying to get away. Um, he gets out of the hands of the security guard and flees into the adjacent woods behind the hardware store. Yeah. So they call the cops and Leonard, instead of just going home, cutting his losses, his car's still right there. And uh, the police officer shows up and uh, starts looking in the trunk. And right as he's looking in the trunk, here comes Leonard. And Leonard's like, hey, uh, I think there's a misunderstanding here. Uh, my friend is, you know, I was going to pay for it. I just went to go take a leak. I didn't know he ran off. He's scared. He'll come back if I tell him. But I just want to clear this up. Can we just get out of here? And uh, the officer's like, hold on. He's, I found something, you know, interesting back here. So he calls in. Another cop shows up. And uh, he finds a gun with a silencer attached to it. Oh, so he says, uh, oh, my name is Charles Stapley. That is uh, that is um, registered to me, which was one of his aliases. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they ran his name, they were like, you know, there's something fishy about Charles Stapley. You know, we don't have any record of you. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, but that gun is legit. And then the cop says, but that uh, silencer is illegal and that's an illegal firearm. So I'm going to take you in. So they arrest Leonard. And uh, he keeps saying, hey, there's, it's a it's a freaking misunderstanding. And so another officer goes over there and they start searching the car. And when they search the car, they find the Bond family, which was the one that was on videotape. Uh, that was uh, actually, no, the, the last one that they were that they had kidnapped. They have pictures of them in the car. And, oh, they found photos. Yeah, they found photos. And oh. uh yeah, so then they're like, oh, okay. So now he, now they know that he could be behind them missing. And uh, so they, they take him right to the damn police station. The, the other uh, San Francisco PD comes in because they're thinking this is turning into something huge. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Charles fled into the woods. They tried looking for him all night. They couldn't find him. Um, now, Lake is in interrogation. Uh, with the uh, the police and now the FBI gets called in because they're seeing it's a kidnapping case and they don't know how big this thing is yet but they're they're getting an idea um, Lake actually tells just gives up and tells the police hey you know what my name is uh, Leonard Lake um, I'm working with Charles Ng we've murdered a bunch of people what if you if you need to find um, if you need to find uh, the bodies, it's up at this address, blah, 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 blah. He just starts giving them everything. He says, you'll find everything you need up there. So, with that being said... Wow. Yeah. What, what do you think happens next to Leonard? Oh, man. Um, okay, you did say there's going to be a Billy Bob moment, so... And it's I'm right, now. Say right now. <laughs> I'm gonna say nothing. <laughs> okay, nothing. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Gabby? Um, I'm imagining they they find him or they question him, and then he says he has nothing to do with it, and the other guy's crazy, and they let him go. <laughs> nah, see, that would be cool because then we'd have an ending to, you know, or we. You know, they'd probably recapture him or something like that, and it would be, it would just be funny. What happens is they he gives them a lot of information, and then he's like, "I'm mm -hmm. I'm hungry. Can you get me some McDonald's or something to eat?" So they, they got, drive him to it. No, no, no. The, the the they leave him there, but they don't they don't really. I mean, other than his hands being like in handcuffs, like you could still search for things in your pockets or whatnot. Uh -huh. so, so he's he's right there. They leave the interrogation room, and then um, you know there's detectives on the other side of that one way mirror. You know that they can kind of keep an eye on him. Mm -hmm. So they see him go into his shirt pocket, pull something out, and put it in his mouth. And then they're like, "Holy crap!" So then they run back in there, like, "Hey, what did you swallow? What did you swallow?" And they try to, you know, pull it out of his mouth, but he's already swallowed it. 
like no more than three minutes later, he starts convulsing. And, oh, no. and they're trying to like do CPR on him. They rush him to the hospital and uh, he slips into a coma. The next night he dies. What? Homeboy had cyanide pills on him. What? Howard. Yep. And Officer Billy Bob, you know, when the detectives came back and said, hey, who was in charge of frisking the freaking felon right here? We have a murderer. He wasn't supposed to have those pills on him. He's like, I don't want to appear to be <laughs> like into men or nothing, but I just don't touch them in certain ways. And he has sort of man boobies because he's so big. I did not want to feel his shirt, his upper area, his torso. So I didn't per se check that area of body. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they didn't frisk him. What? They did not frisk him totally. Freaking bastard slipped out like that? Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Wow. Uh, you know what? And normally I'm the guy that, you know, hey, you know, second chance, whatever. I was looking forward to a death penalty for this dude. And he would have got it. <clears throat> he oh, easy. Yep. So, couple this the same time, they just took a fat loss on this one. So now they don't know where Charles Ng's at. They're searching for him through the mountains. They have no idea where he's at. They, they fear he could be anywhere. You know, he's becoming the FBI's 10 most wanted list. So as that's happening, an entire team goes up to Northern California bunker. They start searching through things. They find everything where Leonard said it was going to be all the journals descripting all the terrible things he was doing to the people, how they were killing people, the sexual things. They found pictures of people they didn't even seen before and were trying to match those up to where that, that were missing. Uh, they found various bloody torturous tools. With, with all kinds of DNA on them. They found videotapes. They found the Miranda plans. Uh, just everything. And then what was worse is they started digging in the backyard and surrounding areas. They found partially decomposing bodies, fully decomposing bodies, bone fragments in various spots, ashes and burnt skin in other spots. Um, they would excavate that area for weeks. Oof. And uh, the FBI had the task of doing that. And after weeks of excavating, they found, get this, 45 pounds worth of bones that were burnt or charred. Jesus, 45 pounds? 45 pounds. Um, 20 pounds of, uh, of organs that were left. God, dog. They found uh, six together bodies that were added up in estimation, which was the two families. Those are the mm. three. They found those bodies. The rest were cut up or just in pieces. In pieces, yeah. So the FBI, trying to put all this together, said that there was at least 25 victims. God. 25. All buried and scattered all throughout that backyard, that bunker. Correct. So the weeks what a, are what a dog. right. These people are terrible. So the FBI is, you know, again, he's on the 10 most wanted list. They contacted China to talk to their police because they said, hey, uh, he could be in, they could be in that area because he has his parents over there. Um, mm -hmm. Interpol, which is England, which remember, he went to school there. Mm -hmm. uh, Scotland Yard. He had ties to the uh, to that area. So he anywhere. In other words, he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere, but he actually was, he spent 34 days on the run in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Wow. Uh, Charles Ng was living in a park uh, in a tent and uh, he was living on his own for 34 days, disheveled, looking pretty crappy. And it seemed just one day he just wanted to get caught. He walked into a local grocery store loaded his jacket full of food and proceeded to walk out and they saw him and the uh, security guard tried to subdue him. He shot the security guard before the, uh, the Canadian Royal police got there and were able to subdue him uh, without any uh, further gunfire. So 
Charles Ng would be extradited to California to where he would face the charges. Now, this happened in 1985, almost 1986, when he was finally arrested. When do you think they went to trial in this case? Uh, 1990. Gabby? Hmm. I want to say like 94, 95. Gabby for the win again. Uh, she's come on. <laughs> Very. How the heck did it take that it long? It took that long. Nineteen ninety-eight to be exact. Because For twelve years. Thirteen. Thirteen years. Because this guy knew, like, the 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 system to where he would hire a lawyer, fire the lawyer, hire the lawyer, fire the lawyer. They'd have to go through the trying to find the. Um, Perspective wow. jurors, everything. They got so many motion. He he would get the, the the lawyer to exhaust the motions, and he just knew all the loopholes. And he got wow. his case delayed nearly thirteen years. Wow. So when they finally went to trial, his defense was that it was all Leonard, and that Leonard used him as a pawn to do his bidding because of his psychological problems growing up. He was a follower, not a leader. And looked up to Lake as a supreme leader. Oh, gosh. Yes. Mm. Okay. But despite all this, four months later, he was found guilty of 11 counts of murder and was sentenced to death. So they only got him for 11 of the murders because the other 14 bodies were unrecognizable. They couldn't link the other bodies to him. They don't know wow. where he came from, whatever. Wow. So uh, he was he was uh, in California, which we know they do not like murdering their the most worthy people of being murdered, which no, are we don't. <laughs> they uh, Richard Ramirez dies on uh, you know uh, death row. Charles Manson, you can go down the list. Yeah, the uh, you know the what's it called? The Golden State Killer is going to eventually die in prison. Uh, this dude is now 60, 60 today, and still, and alive, still alive, still alive and well. Uh, he's very fat, though. He's put on the weight. He's not the skinny Asian dude that he was. He's looking like Buddha. Yeah, he, yeah he's looking like the guy from, um, like the marshmallow dude from uh, <laughs> the Michelin. Yeah, Michelin Man or the marshmallow guy from <laughs> Ghostbusters. So, uh, yeah, he's he should be getting the. Um, was it the lethal injection? But uh, our wonderful Governor Newsom said no. So um, he's going to likely uh, die on death row. Die in prison. Yeah, die on death row. And that is, wow. uh, that's where Charles Ng is, and that's the story. Oh, Come on, Charles. man. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm so freaking pissed. See, someone like that, I'm sorry. You torture people, you kidnap people, and you mutilate people you gotta get the same you gotta you gotta take some of that too to the point where you're gonna go and kill babies hey when he, when he, when he put his hands on the 15 month old two year old that was it yeah kill him yep and here here's a sad thing about leonard lake because at least with charles ing he spent most you know the bulk of his life in prison now but if you look at leonard lake from part one he only went to jail for two months for stealing uh, lumber from a uh, hardware store or from a lumber yard and that's it so so all the murders that took place he spent more time in jail for petty theft and maybe a felony if anything and then he didn't serve any time for what you guys just described it's terrible that fool took the easy way out man mm-hmm freaking bastard and he let Charles get all the the um, all the uh, not the pub, but take all the heat, basically. Yeah. Freaking bastard, man! This story sucked. Yeah, I, I told you it could have been a lot more de depressing. I don't know. Maybe you guys could have stomached it, but I just didn't feel like the audio was appropriate, man. I just oh, I, I hated hearing that one woman. Just God, so many emotions. I, I like I said, she must have been just. 
out of her freaking mind. Yeah. You know, part of me is curious enough to want to hear and watch all this stuff because I, I, not because I'm like, I find pleasure in watching these things, but I, I want to know how far these guys went. But at the same time, I'm scared because I feel like I won't be able to get it out of my head. It yeah. will give you, it will give you nightmares. I, it gave me nightmares. So. It's it's literally listener and viewer discretion advised, Gabby. If you want to check it out, it's up to you. I mean, you well, might it's be, on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. You might have to have an account to access it because it will ask you if you're 18 years old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, if Gabby, I'm pretty sure Gabby's gonna wind up holding on to you tonight if she does watch it. She's gonna be. Good. I won't watch it tonight. I think I would watch it in the morning when <laughs> it's light. When I have many more things that are going to cross my mind throughout the day so I can try and forget. Makes Although, sense. I'm sure it's going to take me a while. And also, too, when you're watching this, you see how filthy and disgusting these two just... I don't know what words I can use for them, you know, that would appropriate, you know, lead, describe how they really are, what they are. They're- but these two bastards, uh, you'll see what pathetic human beings they are. In, in general so yeah, yeah it's hard to find words because I said freaking dog but in reality a dog would not treat you that way mm-hmm. and dirt babe we're all dirt and they don't deserve that they're something else <laughs> maggots yeah I don't I don't know what would be appropriate way for them to be I, 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 yeah there's nothing to describe that on Worse than scum that's what they are Yep, yep. But they took at least that we know of twenty-five people, at least. And I wouldn't Leonard doubt Lake if it took was himself. more. I think it was more. I think it was more. Yeah, because that was their whole purpose. That's all they would do. Yeah, I mean, there are some bodies that I can't that's still missing, including his brother and stuff. So imagine they probably got other people yeah. that are still missing. And that so area, I think, it was more. That area up there, you guys have been up there, Ukiah or North oh, yeah. that Woosley. Yeah. A lot of trees. A lot of open area. Yeah. A lot. lot of hills. A lot of, um, what do you call it? Ditches. Ditches. Lakes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's people that probably might be hiking certain trails where there's a body buried and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So they could be No, walking. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Freaking so, Leonard Lake and Charles Ain. Yeah, two, two. You know, it's funny. Not funny. I had a teacher that his name was Charles Ng. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Jeez. When? In high school. He was missing a finger. He was missing. <laughs> we were cruel. We, we, we were evil. He's missing part of his two fingers in the middle and the index. So we would call him Spider Man. So uh, wow. I'm sorry. Hey, we were mean. We were kids. Uh. We were teenagers. So I'm quite sure to say the same time. So we would tease him. So every time we see him, we, we would do like the Spider-Man symbol. We were bad. Anyways, yeah, I, when you said Charles Ng, it's like, dang, that, that was my teacher, you know? Yeah. What if it wasn't St. Charles Ng and he had his fingers chopped up from what he was trying to do to people? That was, what, 2004, five. I don't, I don't think Matt would be here if that were the case. Yeah, I did, <laughs> I did, I did, yeah, because as much as we teased him, yeah, he would have chopped us up. Yeah, carry on, Todd. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it for the story. Basically, I mean, that's just the the story of the rare case of two serial killers working together. Man, that's the first time I've heard of a story. I'm quite sure there's other stories, but that was the first time I heard of a story of two serial killers working together to commit serial killing um, without one killing the other. So, mm-hmm. very interesting, and. um Thank you, Todd, for breaking down that horrific story. I uh, mean, if you think about it, in the end, he did kill the other because he. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much did. He, he sold let him, him out. get the consequences of it while he just went like a coward. Freaking bastard, man! Freaking cops. And one other side note on it: his Leonard, uh, Leonard's ex-wife slash girlfriend, whatever. Um, they could never pin anything on her. She got immunity for. So there, there could be a chance she knew something, but didn't say anything. But she got immunity for her testimony. I guess whatever she. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm quite sure she knew something. She probably didn't know to this extent, but I'm quite sure she was told something. 
She was. She already knew what their plan was. Yeah. What I'm saying is she probably didn't know about all the murders, but she she probably knew what he was capable of doing. I'm sorry. When you got a man talking about his future plans and that being it, you gotta know this guy's a psycho. You gotta know he's capable of anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she she probably didn't know personally that in other words, she probably didn't know for sure that he killed him, but she could probably pinpoint and say, well, that sounds like, what's the name? He will probably do something like that because he already told me. You get what I'm saying? She can speculate. That's so, true. Yeah. But that is the story of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Thank you, Todd, for breaking that down for us, my man. For sure. And uh, if you guys uh, want to listen to more of our past <laughs> past recordings that we've done, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and type in the Grinding True Crime. Uh, please leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. We appreciate the comments. We even give out shout outs. If you want to just listen to us, once again, just go on your podcast stream and type on uh, Podbeam, Spotify, Anchors, or iTunes and and Pandora. And if you're out of the country listening to us faithfully, we appreciate every one of you, wherever you are. Keep listening to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And if you want to get some merchandise, once again, go to redbubble.com, type in Todd Fox 80. That's T O D D F O X 80. And uh, get you some merchandise as well as give us a five-star rating. And uh, that's pretty much it. So for Maddie Matt, well, for you, <laughs> this is uh, Maddie Matt and uh, signing off. And the narrator for today was? Todd Fox. And the other host of the show? Gabby. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>